Welcome back, everyone, to the Raven Precision Podcast. Uh, today, I am joined by Chad Bigler, Stefan Pelstead, and Josh Crimmins. We're here today. We're going to be uh, talking with you about our Ross operating software for the Viper 4 field computer, some of the new uh, software that's coming out. But first off, I'll let the team get started uh, introducing themselves. Uh, Josh, I, you might have, you're fairly new to the conversation. Why don't you get started? Yeah, thanks, Don. Uh, yes, I'm Josh Crimmins. I uh, I cover our Agco channel uh, in the Western Corn Belt. So I'm an account manager working with our Agco dealers. And uh, thanks for having me on this morning. Yeah, thanks, Stefan. How about you? Yeah, thanks, Don. Um, I'm Stefan Felstead. I'm a program manager at Raven uh, for the field computers. And so um, I cover over the Viper 4 and uh, our CRX field computers. Thanks. Well, if you've been around much, you know who Chad is, but I'll let him jump in here and uh, tell us a little more. Good morning, Don, and thanks for having me back on the podcast. I am a product manager here at Raven, been at Raven a little over three years now, and primarily focus on our field computers and slingshot products. So field computers being inside the cab, slingshot being more of our offboard and remote services. So I work pretty hand-in-hand with Stefan on a lot of our products and look forward to, to talking about some new releases that we have coming up. All right. Well, I think, uh, Chad, you were going to kick us off and give us a little uh, update on what's uh, what's coming here new. Yeah, certainly. So exciting time at Raven. Uh, we've done a couple of beta candidates for this last fall, and we have some new release candidates or release software coming out for our Viper 4 Plus. And as Don, you were just talking about ROS, so that's kind of our internal uh, code name around our software, Raven Operating System is what that uh, acronym stands for. But the Viper 4 and Viper 4 Plus, we have some new releases in version 20.4 and 21.1. 20.4 going to be released in December, 21.1 going to be released in January. So very, very close uh, releases with some new software. And one thing I do want to kind of throw out to the team, if you guys haven't heard, we do have a new nomenclature around our software version releases. And that is to help us align more with the calendar year in regards to our releases. Previously, our last version of ROS software would have been version 3.8, and now the next available version is 20.4. 20 standing for the calendar year, .4 standing for quarter 4. Um, and then 21.1 kind of also corresponding with calendar year 21 and first quarter, so December and January, respectively. So we do have some very exciting features. Like I said, we did a successful beta with uh, some of the features that we're going to talk about here, Don. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to Stefan. He's going to kick us off. We're going to first start talking about uh, 20.4, some of the features that are in there. And feel free, Don, if uh, you have some questions or feel like you get some uh, questions from your team or the audience, feel free to interrupt us. And we look forward to, to watching these here in the very near future. All right. Thanks, Chad. Yep. Thanks, Chad. And uh, I'll, I'll just do my typical thing that 20.4 did instead of 3.8.4.1, 3.2 versions of software is a lot easier for me to understand. I know that. So <laughs> that's what we're here for, Don. Make your life simpler. That's right. Everybody wants the easy button, Chad. Absolutely. So um, we'll get started with uh, some of the new features that we've got for our 20.4 version. 
And so one of the new features that we have for our 20.4 version is an addition to our scouting type features. And so we call that auto application zones. So um, auto application zones are basically where uh, you go out and you do the field once, maybe at the beginning of the year. Um, and we do recommend RTK when you're using this feature or uh, need RTK. Um, but so you go out and you do the field once and you go get those waterways. And then the second time you come through, you want to just drive through those waterways. Maybe they dried up. Um, and so that's where auto, auto application zones really, uh, really shines. What you're able to do with auto application zones is that in, in a job, uh, you're able to go into your scout, uh, you're going to go into your scout feature area. And normally where you choose a scout type, like a boundary, you're just going to choose auto application zone. Then you're going to be able to select one of the jobs that you previously did. And it's going to pull in all that coverage. And that coverage is then going to be a apply here zone. Everything but that coverage is going to be don't apply. And so it'll automatically shut off. So at that point, you can just run through those dry areas. It'll auto turn on and off as it goes into and out of those dry areas um, that were not to be sprayed any longer. So, yeah, and it uh, shows really nicely uh, underneath, uh, if you, even if you have VRA maps and whatnot. So it shows really nicely on where you're going to be spraying where you're not. So from a, a customer standpoint and a, and a, a field use on this, uh, we've got a lot of customers that, are, you know, down here in Iowa, I, li I live in central Iowa. Uh, we have a lot of customers that they are planting right through their, their grass waterways. And so the the direction of travel and everything is is around the contours and a lot of times these waterways will come down down a hill to mitigate that that erosion and uh with products like vsn we're promoting driving the machine the sprayer right down the rows where the planter went and so having this functionality of the auto application zone allows that machine to minimize that crop damage drive right along with the rows let the machine take over and go right through these areas with a product like Hawkeye HD partnered with RTK. You get your, you get uh, uh, a lot of productivity because you're not spending the time to to go around that that waterway uh, in crop. You're driving around that waterway and you're you're running crop over. Um, and so uh, with with this, you're you're gaining productivity. You're um, you're minimizing that crop damage. Uh, we had a a trial with this like so, so we're testing this system uh this fall had a had a guy in a 36 acre field uh we loaded up with water and he applied the field like he normally would went around the waterways uh and sprayed the field how he he normally would apply in the field uh and it took him t uh 25 minutes used that coverage the second round and he sprayed that field how he would want to he he followed. This was in bean stubble. He followed how the rows uh, were planted through those waterways, and it took him 17 minutes the second time. So he gained tremendous productivity with that, and um, and really uh, used the system to to an advantage to to get the most pr productivity and and uh, with it. So it's it's going to be a really neat feature. Like Stefan said, you'll want to partner this with an RTK solution because you do not want to have that drifting of your uh, your coverage and things like that. But uh, I think it'll be a really nice feature where uh, we do have customers that, that go around uh, 
the boundaries with a, a rover or something like that. Um, this is going to be a lot faster uh, way to do it and a, and a quicker way to, to get that that same type of application. Boy, thanks, Josh. That's uh, that's that's what really makes the difference is the the value of what it brings to the customer. You know, you know, several a few minutes, few minutes on uh, one job. You know, a small job like that really can uh, turn into a lot on a larger job or more applications over the over the whole day and season. Great to hear that. So um, a couple points to note on that too is that to be on that Viper four. Um, so that's just a couple of, uh, things to watch out for as you're using those feature, make sure that, uh, make sure that you're using the same Viper four or that the job, uh, that was created the first time is on that particular Viper four. So just a note to make sure from the engineering side to, uh, make sure that you, uh, are using the feature to its full abilities. But you, you can bring in, um, you know, if, if that, uh, uh, was that job was recorded on one machine, uh, versus the other, you can actually transfer that via USB to that other device, um, but yep. it is kind of a, a local coverage um, thing. So I think definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yep. And by the time we get this out uh, to you end users and listening, we should have some documents on uh, the Raven portal, our knowledge base, and probably some uh, little how-to videos on our raven.edge or edge.raven uh, site to show you how to actually go through the process and make this happen. Stefan, just a question. I know at one point we had trialed pulling in somebody's coverage from a previously run version of Viper 4 software as well, and then used 20.4 as the auto application zone. Is there any criteria or limits from what could have been previously ran? Let's say somebody ran 3.6 uh, from this last spring and ran that, wanted to pull that in to do something for, for later on. Can you maybe walk us through any nuances from that? Yeah, there really aren't any. Um, they are able to run those jobs from previous uh, from previous versions. Um, so there's really no uh, limitations, I guess, when it comes to that. Um, if it's a really old version, uh, we might be a little careful. I would have to verify, but definitely from 3.6 uh, or 3.0, probably 3.2 going forward, it wouldn't be a problem. Even though we recommend everybody runs the latest software, we, we know that there's some older versions out there today. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, what what other new features do you guys have to talk about? Well, um, one of the other features that we have is the uh, we have an addition to the temporary unlocks. So one of the things that uh, Ross or the, the uh, Viper 4 ha- had is that when you buy a new Viper 4 right out of the box, it came with 20 hours of all the unlocks so that you could try things out. Uh, so maybe you wanted to try out a VRA or maybe you wanted to try out uh, a weather station, uh, something along those lines, any of those type of unlocks. As it turns out, a lot, some of that time is always used by, by the manufacturer. Um, it's used by getting it tested and ready. And so by the time our end users get it, that time has dwindled down quite a bit. Uh, and so we would have uh, users that would call in to our service department and be able to uh, ask for uh, an, an extension time to that. So what we've actually done is we've actually changed the way this works uh, so that it doesn't, the time for the for those features, for the unlocks, the temporary ones, uh, doesn't start until the user presses the button to start it. So he's going to go in there uh, just as if he was entering in an unlock 
uh, or a, a temporary unlock, and they're going to have a button now on the Viper 4 that says start your temporary unlock. And so we've also made it so that there's two, so you get two chances for that. Um, maybe you want to try things twice is kind of where we were thinking at with that. Is you know, you one time you want to try a single VRA or um, another time you want to try something else, maybe a cast controller or whatever it happens to be um, for those particular unlocks. And so we allow those to be turned on two times so that uh, you can test out all the new features and you'll actually have your full time set for testing those new features without ever contacting Raven. All right. Well, that should also help the some of those guys that uh, thought they had a feature unlocked, but then it really wasn't. So they, they don't get surprised by something just magically stopped working for them. So that sounds like a, a good opportunity now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those things that, you know, you, you don't have to call and wait on hold for Raven so that you can keep running. And yeah. so that's why we did it twice. Uh, we allow for two unlocks. Um, that way, the first time you should know, you know, where users should be able to see, oh, yeah, that's just a temporary thing. But I need to keep going, so I'm going to hit it again to yep. get the second one. Okay, good. All right. Well, guys, do we have – I know you talked about uh, – you said we had 20.4, and you're going to talk a little about 21.1. Are we – we got any other features in 20.4 we're going to talk about today, or um, – No, not really. Wraps the bow on it, but the temporary right. unlock is actually a really good transition over 21.4. And we should maybe clarify on the items that Stefan and Josh just talked about, those are not additional unlocks. Um, auto application zones comes along for the ride with 20.4 of what you already have purchased. The temporary unlocks is just a little bit different way of us facilitating availability of people to unlock something. So, Don, you mentioned at the first part of the call. Make it simpler. <laughs> and that was definitely a feedback that we received was uh, let let the end user be able to control his own destiny and request items. And we even had some negative feedback around when that ended, somebody thought that something was broken. They didn't realize that there was an unlock or an upgrade or an activation required because they may miss that communication or when they're educated on their brand new machine, there were so many different things. <laughs> that was maybe one thing that was overlooked. So this allows us to allow the user to be able to control his own destiny, try out a few things, and uh, then potentially um, fully unlock some of those features. But another item that we're going to be talking about here as we transition to 21.1 is a feature that will be an unlockable additional enhancement, what I would say, to the Viper 4. And as we release any additional unlocks, that temporary unlock, we will be adding those to the list. So that that list includes, just to kind of throw some examples out there, your signal and multi-VRA weather station uh, section control. And now our newest we're going to be talking about in 21.1, auto turn or end of road turning. And this is a new feature that we've been working on, uh, and it is very specific to the Viper 4, and it's very intended towards uh, Viper 4 applications. Uh, auto turn is exactly how it sounds in the marketing name. It's an end of road turn. So today you would have a traditional, let's call it AB line. You're driving down the field. When you get to the end, you get to that headland, there's a manual operation of being able to connect to your next uh, operation and enter into your, your rows. Um, we have added a feature that allows you to, with very simple activation, that was probably one of the biggest features of feedback we received from our customers, was it's very simple to use, um, a widget that is now available on the Viper 4 with an unlock 
that allows you to connect those AB lines and make an automatic turn at the end of your row. So some of the functionality built in there includes how many headline swaths do I have? Do I need to buffer away from my, my boundary? If, if I am spraying the 120 foot boom and I don't want to just come out and barely touch my boom on the fence row and knock any nozzles, I want to stay back an extra 10 feet. Um, we have built in a little bit of simplicity there. We've also put into auto turn the availability that when I take a left hand turn, knowing that my machine is now orientated and I'm working left to right across that field, when I get to my next sec or my second turn, I'll be able to automatically switch and turn right. And we have built in in the back end for us to automatically go and move, let's say, east to west down that field. I can also skip swaths. Um, I can speed up, slow down. I can enter different turn radiuses based on my speed. So we built some different functionality in here that allows you to get what I would call more towards an autonomous. You're more semi-autonomous. You're already self-driving down that field, locking onto that AB line, but reducing one more manual intervention at the end of the field. How do I need to connect from this line, this row, to my next row? And one of the coolest features Josh brought up a little bit ago on 20.4 around our launch of VSN last year, um, this is used in a couple different ways. You can use it as GPS-only driven, connecting your AB or theoretical lines, but you can also use it in VSN plus mode. VSN hybrid mode is another term used for that where VSN is utilizing a fallback to GPS coverage in the event the confidence intervals are not there. So pairing it with the suite of Raven products is really our intention there and allowing it to be very seamless. Um, we do have some safety features now, knowing that somebody could start a machine and let it just automatically go through the field. We are still ensuring that you know it's engaged, there's pressure in the seat, um, there, there's some still manual intervention, but we're starting to make that progression more towards autonomous towards the existing equipment, existing hardware that you have in the machine. So Josh, I know that you had a couple sites that you were able to see some, some beta testing of this this uh, last fall and also at our innovation campus. Would you mind sharing a few stories and, and what you've seen as some benefits here? Absolutely. So yeah, I think, uh, you know, especially right now um, in the, the end of fertilizer application season, um, everyone likes to have a nice, even, consistent turn on the end so so um you know you're not tearing things up uh it's it's a nice uh application uh and so getting in with these with some operators running uh you know 90 foot um spreading fertilizer with a spinner um we've got we've got guys uh uh doing automated headland turns at nine ten miles an hour having a nine nice and consistent uh turn on the ends um and making their um, making their life a lot easier, their job a lot easier, a lot less fatigue. Um, you know, we've had, we've had, uh, examples of, um, you know, applicators at the end of the day, you're cranking around on the end, uh, uh all day long. And, you, and, uh, if you, if you're an experienced applicator, you're, you're kind of feeling it in your shoulders and, and things like that. So it's, it's been really nice having, uh, having on the screen, uh, we, we set the turn speed. So we, we set what turn we, what speed we want to turn. And so the operator, all he has to do is, is slow down and speed up to those, uh, you know, your apply speed versus your turn speed. Um, and, and really, uh, let that machine be consistent, uh, turning around. Um, it's been really nice. 
Yeah, and I could, uh, I know in the past, Josh, I've heard that you talked about a nice, consistent, smooth turn in previous life. I've had my ears burnt off a bit by some farmers that weren't really happy about some big ridges that uh, were piled up at the edge of the field by the guy cranking a big, fast turn on the end a few times. So I, I can see where the, they're more than just the, the operator, some of the, the end users, the, the way it looks in the field, uh, definitely will be possibly improvement there. You know, kind of our theme for this podcast, too, has been the simplicity, making people's lives simpler. Um, I've talked with uh, um, some dealerships that have worked with some headland turning features from other products, and what they kind of liked about um, our system is how easy it is to set up uh, because, like, your measurements all come from our product controllers and in the Viper 4 so as far as getting a tape measure out, measuring things, um, you, you don't have to do that with our system because we, we call over our turning radius and our wheelbases from our steering controllers and things like that. So uh, it's, it's really a um, just set up how you want it to, you know, what speed you want to turn, if you want to skip, you know, swaths, things like that. But the setup is very, very easy. Yeah, you said skip swaths there too, Josh. One of the one of the great parts about this is that we don't just make a U-turn. Um, we actually have it so that uh, if you're skipping a swath, it's actually going to follow that headland contour as it's going to the as it's skipping that extra swath. So to try to make that so that it doesn't uh, doesn't your boom doesn't hit the outer bounds or you know you're you're really following a good consistent pattern there uh, along your headland while you're turning around. So another really cool this is uh we're going out back into the uh the old nomenclature uh days of 3.8 software but having that auto boundary creation from coverage is a perfect complement to this because we have to have a boundary to kind of cage the machine in with the headland turn uh so partnering those features together makes this a really good good product we'll use that in the marking materials cage the machine in <laughs> the other thing we should probably add is it i don't think we've talked about it or mentioned it or maybe i just missed it but so we're talking this is the software update for viper 4 there is also a software update required on rs1 or se1 or your hdu depending on what uh, steering configuration you have for raven and there is some some tweaks and updates and as josh mentioned we're pulling a lot of the information already for the machine configuration file for the from the product nodes, so the setup is minimized. But we did make some enhancements as we went out and did some testing, some different turn radiuses at different speeds, um, different widths of your machine, and all of that is programmed into the back end. But we are recommending that you also pair an update uh, 21.1 on RS1. And Don, for simplicity, if you notice, SC1, RS1, those packages match exactly with RS1. So that way you know that you have the right one versus 1.6 with RS1 and 3.8 with, with Viper 4. Yeah. you got to make it simple for me, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of mentioned, Chad, that, uh, you know, that we did some testing. Um, I think that some testing is, uh, is relatively small words for the amount of testing that we go through with these type of products. Uh, just to let our customers out there know, um, we've, been, we've been working on this product for like three years. Uh, you know, f from concept all the way to where we are now. And we've been out in the field for well over six months, uh, actually running this in multiple locations in the field, uh, testing in multiple different uh, scenarios with 
angled headlands and you know not just the not just the normal square and so we've we've gotten a lot of feedback um and you know on what what we've done what we do well and we're working um that's part of where those updates come from from the RS1 SC1 is that we we found out that we needed to get some better control on the headlands and so we added uh, quite a bit of work in those as well that, that testing was done in RS1 and SC1. Smart Tracks <laughs> is kind of an older legacy product, so all this was focused on our our most recent uh, steering and guidance products, which that additional fine-tuning really makes this a sharp product. No, that sounds like a great opportunity, guys, with uh, some of the enhancements and features you brought in there, and then now we can get there and... I don't even have to turn the steering wheel anymore. I, 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 I can maybe start running a machine one of these days. So we'll see. That's our goal, Don. That's our goal. That can be your <laughs> retirement plan, sit in the seat. Um, <laughs> yep. yep. What else do we got, guys? Well, um, we, also have, uh, we also have made some changes as far as a product reconfiguration for those that are running our connected workflow. Um, so... One of the things that we ran into uh, over the past year and a half with our connected workflow is that uh, the orders didn't always come out to the machine exactly as they were going to be applied. So um, agronomists uh, maybe entered in a product um, and they were two products, let's say, but then they came from the machine shed or they came from the shed blended. And so we needed to be able to blend those or m- merge those together inside the Viper 4. Um, which was a was a problem that we had where we thought that we needed two particular bins where they were actually blended. So now with uh, this version, this 21.1 version, we have the capabilities of taking the work order or the order that comes in and being able to match it to what's actually coming out to the vehicle. So for the most part, it's a lot about blending. Um, so a lot of times our agronomists will put in, I want some of this much of this product and this much of this product. The blend shed's going to blend it together. Um, and when it gets out to the vehicle, now the operator has the capability of saying, ah, this stuff came blended. I'm, I'm going to merge it together. And so we did that in the, um, in the easiest and simplest way possible. It's all about simplicity, which uh, basically we um, have the capability on that start job screen uh, to be able to go in and do it and edit it. And we'll pull out the rates as best we can and put them back together. So um, very little manual intervention as far as doing math in your head. Um, We'll try to do all the math for you. I think you hit something really key, Stefan, that I want to highlight, the flexibility of this. And that's one of the things that we also promote with our job sync as well. We know that machines are going to be running to different areas, and not everybody in their fleet has the exact same setup on every single machine. And if a machine gets rained out or is ahead of schedule or is behind schedule and you bring in other machines to help uh, fill or flex that or (laughs) something happens at the blending station and they pull in product from a different area. Um, What this allows is versus that operator having to reconfigure or I shouldn't even use the word reconfigure, start a new job from blank and it doesn't tie back to how the order was actually uh, put in by the agronomist and scheduled by the the dispatcher and pulled from inventory. Um, it just really allows that paperwork to be easily configurable and transferred back through that connected workflow solution. Um, that was one of the piece of feedback we got back was not every single machine and every single facility is set up consistent across an organization. And this allows 
to flex when they're in the field versus that extra phone call or starting a new job and then writing hand notes back to the office. So to me, I, I think you guys did a out of the park job here on being able to still allow some flexibility in the cab, um, but also keeping it as a operator mindset on what is going to happen and make it as efficient as possible. Because we know that that machine sitting there and idling and reconfiguring and adjusting the job is not billable time. And that's probably the hardest part when you're in the grind of the season. So I, I just want to give you guys kudos. This was a well thought out uh, project that is very simple now that walkthrough wizard that allows you to say, okay, something's not right, but how do we fix it? And how do we keep going without throwing hands up in the air and making phone calls and doing something that maybe doesn't match with what the expected uh, intention was of that field. So kudos. Yeah, thanks. And it's all for us. It's all about making sure the data is right. Um, Because if things are right in the cab and they get automatically sent back, then there's no questions, right? There, Boss doesn't call you asking you what goes on. The, the people in the office aren't mad and trying to figure out why they're, why they don't have the right product and those types of things. So, um, and this is, uh, pairing with our changes that we're making on our slingshot site as well to be able to take in all that information. So that'll be coming, uh, that'll be coming soon in the next year, hopefully too, is those changes that will automatically, um, be able to, uh, recognize the change that happened in the field and get it out to the billing system correctly the first time. Another term we've thrown out here that maybe might be worthwhile diving into from an education standpoint, and Josh, I kind of look for you, but connected workflow, uh, how are we seeing people using that and the benefits of it? And maybe just even a high-level explanation of what connected workflow is that Stefan was kind of talking to one of the opponents when you're on the machine, but w- what is connected workflow kind of nuts and bolts? So what connected workflow is, is it's the ability to send an order from uh, the office out to the field computer uh, pre-populated. So uh, if you have a, a prescription job and machine uh, the grower farm field, which we know really doesn't get filled out very often, the grower farm field is, is uh, completed. The prescription map is tied to... Uh, the product name. So a lot of times we've talked with a lot of our ag retailers across the country. The number one product they get is BERT or product one. Ag, you know, for agronomic information, uh, that's a pretty, you know, FERT is a pretty broad um, product name. So getting the actual product that's applied in the field. So when your customer asks, you know, for the, for the data, uh, they can actually use that usable data and know what was applied to the field. Uh, that's all pre-populated. The prescription is attached attached right to the job. The you hit the job start job screen and it's already filled out for you. So the operator only has to verify and hit play. Make sure that the uh, the products you know if you have a two bin uh, machine that the appropriate products are in the right bin and then hit play and start a- applying in the field. He doesn't have to do a bunch of data entry um, and that the other nice thing is uh, when that order comes from AgSync, the job name is consistent from the office to the field computer and back. So when it comes into your comes back to the to the office when, for tracking purposes, going into, uh, you know, billing softwares and accounting softwares and inventory management, that work order is uh, handled with the exact same name, job name and 
thrower from field all the way through. So it, it allows for consistency from the office to the, to the field and back again. Um, so it's been a really, really good fit. We find that, that, uh, operators are saving a lot of time. You know, it seems pretty simplistic, but the amount of times you're touching the screen, taking time, uh, having, having consistency between, uh, operators, how they name jobs, things like that. Uh, it's been a really, really good fit for the application business. Great information, Josh. I mean, uh, it's uh, always good to hear the the actual customer experience uh, for for our team how they're using it and and for the the others out there listening to know why why we're doing this and what value it's bringing to the the people out there. Well, guys, uh, where how how are we doing today? We got other uh, topics to talk about yet, or I think that's a pretty full list right there alone. <laughs> yeah, been going pretty good here. That's for sure. Yeah, the, the team has done a phenomenal job. I'll, I'll give kudos one more time to the engineering team of being able to dive in. And like Stefan mentioned a little bit earlier in this call, some of these items we've been working on, like auto turn for up to almost three years, uh, some start and stop and some additional testing and evaluation. So it's really nice to see some of these uh, releases coming out for this winter. And we're really excited for this next spring time frame where you can see uh, both updates on these packages. And just as a reminder, 20.4 is releasing in December. We're following that with 21.1 in January. Everything we talked about for 20.4 obviously comes along for the ride with 21.1. So we really encourage people to download that, um, test it out, try some of the temporary unlocks as well that we talked about. So really no risk to any of our users for upgrading software and trying that out. And if you do have any questions on any of that stuff, feel free to ever reach out to our, our tech support, reach out to your dealer. Um, we're always happy to, to answer questions. And I think, Don, you had talked about it earlier on the call, but we do have some resources as well on Edge and our yep. portal and a few other areas that we'll be launching to help support these. Definitely. I'm sure on Raven Precision, you know, I'm sure there'll be some demo videos. Uh, I think Josh has been out and about uh, our professional uh, drone operator there, as he is, uh, getting us some footage of uh, running the machines in the field, and then some technical things on uh, edge.raven.precision, you know, some operations of how to do things, some showing you how to get it set up and how to operate the system will be out there as resources. So, all right. Well, everybody, I appreciate your your time today. It's been been good. And like uh, Chad said, uh, if you've got interest, uh, please reach out to Raven. Uh, our phone numbers uh, on the website to our dealers. All our dealers can be found out and about uh, on the site there too. Appreciate everybody. Josh, Stefan, Chad, appreciate you being on today. Thanks, Don. Thanks, Don. Well,